Welcome back to the World Trade Webcast. I'm Greg Sandler, president of thinkglobal.com, the B2B marketplace for global trade leads. This week on the World Trade Webcast, we're talking with Stephen Coprince, author of The Small Business Guide to Government Contracts, how to comply with key rules and regulations, and avoid terminated agreements, fines, or worse. Steve, thanks for uh, joining us again today on the World Trade Webcast. Thanks for having me again, Greg. And Steve is a small business and government contracts attorney, and we've been talking about uh, his book and its implications for small business owners. Steve, we've covered a lot of ground over the past two days, and today I thought we could talk um, about some of the common pitfalls that are faced by government contractors. And as you point out in the book, um, there are some uh, areas that uh, contractors really have to avoid to stay out of hot water. So how onerous um, are the reporting requirements and, and what are some of the, uh, the key takeaways for business owners in terms of how to avoid some of those pitfalls? Sure, um, you know, and I, and I, <laughs> I feel for government contractors in some way because they're, uh, they're working in an industry in which there just is a lot of regulation, a lot of red tape, and it's kind of the, the price one pays for doing business with an entity that uh, never runs out of money, I suppose. So. Um, there, there are a number of pitfalls uh, that are associated with government contracting, of course, way too many to go into, into all the details here, but some of the ones I most commonly see um, in my practice are, first of all, uh, contractors who don't understand the size and affiliation rules. Uh, they're they're self-certifying uh, as small businesses uh, when, in fact, um, the SBA may later find out uh, that they're not small. Um, I find a second uh, key pitfall that I see is contractors who don't understand really what needs to be done to create relationships uh, with teammates uh, for government contracting, especially subcontracting. Uh, the FAR, Federal Acquisition Regulation, for example, requires a number of clauses to be flowed down in subcontracts. Uh, I often work with clients who are using their commercial subcontracts uh, in the government contract setting. Those aren't usually compliant. Um, and third, I think that contractors need to be aware um, especially um, in, the, uh, in the service industry and in the construction industry um, of the wage and hour requirements that are uh, associated with government contracting under specifically the Service Contract Act uh, and the Davis-Bacon Act. I see a lot of contractors who don't fully understand their requirements to pr pay prevailing wages and fringe benefits and that can really come back to haunt them. Well, those are, those are three excellent points and, and hopefully uh, there's some areas that uh, will help contractors that, that read your book uh, avoid those pitfalls. So now let's talk a little bit about reporting requirements and, and you know, how onerous are they and do government contractors need to constantly have their attorney on call? Do they need to have someone dedicated to administration in their office? You know, what do they need um, to be aware of in terms of the actual uh, requirements uh, for, for meeting whatever the, the government wants for documentation. Yeah, and, and Greg, it's going to vary a lot depending on the contractor here and their size and their socioeconomic status uh, and the contracts they have. Um, a lot of contractors are going to have to do contract-specific type, specific type reporting uh, with their contracting officers. However, in terms of, uh, of what uh, more broadly a contractor may have to do uh, as far as government uh, contract reporting goes, uh, contractors uh, are often going to be required to report their subcontractors or their uh, their executive compensation, depending on again on the size. There's a FAR clause on this; it may or may not apply to a particular contractor. 
uh, contractors need to do some reporting regarding uh, their empl uh, employment practices, their employment of folks uh, who are veterans, uh, employment of folks who are uh, maybe uh, disabled. There's some reporting requirements uh, on those uh, issues. Uh, within the 8A program, uh, folks who have that designation need to do annual reports with the SBA and also need to provide the SBA with uh, quarterly documentation regarding their uh, joint ventures. And so there are some broad-based reporting requirements, but really uh, a contractor's reporting requirements for the most part are going to be governed by who they are, their socioeconomic designation, the kinds of contracts they hold, uh, their, and their size. I mean, those are really uh, the, the factors that, that uh, determine uh, when and how much a contractor needs to report to the government. Excellent, excellent. Thanks, Steve. And we're talking with Stephen Coprince, the, the author of The Small Business Guide to Government Contracts. And we'll be talking with Steve again tomorrow as we delve deeper into the book for the fourth part of our interview. And for our latest schedule of upcoming Think Global webcasts, subscribe to us with any of the links below and bookmark this page. All of our previous episodes can be found right here at thinkglobal.com webcast. And thanks for watching.